Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm in overtime with C.D. Dickerson of the National Gallery of Art, and we're talking about the issues of art ownership, who owns it, and repatriation issues. In particular, what I'd like to dig into is the issues surrounding the art that was taken from Africa during the colonial era and now resides in uh, museums all over the world, and what we do about that and, and where that art should reside. So, C.D., would you frame the issue for me? Um, I think it's helpful to frame the issue by focusing on the case of the Benin bronzes. And here's a choice example I show on the screen of a head that's at the Rhode Island School of Design uh, Museum of Art, uh, cast in bronze. This represents an Oba, which is one of the, the, the king figure of the Edo people of the Benin court. Um, there is a country called Benin, but we're talking about Nigeria and a place that's in southwestern Nigeria um, near the coast. These are exquisite bronzes that were created 1700s, 1800s. The Edo people go back to the 13th, 14th century. Um, but these are works that rival the kinds of bronze work that was being created um, in, in Europe uh, at the time. Uh, the very stylized face, the beadwork, exquisite works of art. In 1897, uh, the British were having their designs and wishing to enter into a trade agreement with the Edo people. There mm -hmm. was considerable resources in the area, and the British, as part of their colonial um, expansion and um, empirical uh, mandate, hoped to enter into a trade agreement. They marched on the capital because they became frustrated with the Oba's unwillingness to sign an agreement. And it was evidently at the moment that the Oba and the court was celebrating a ritual. And uh, it, it didn't go over well. The Oba sent his troops out and massacred the British troops. In response, the British sent a punitive expedition to Benin City and um, um, you know, almost decimated the uh, population there, but in the process decided that they were going to loot the palace and take all of the um, both ivories as well as the bronzes that they found in the court. And they're, they're, they're wonderful photographs from the time. Um, not wonderful, um, but showing British troops sitting on these piles of loot that they were going to take back um, to Europe. And they did take it back to Europe. Um, the British Museum very quickly acquired a choice selection of them. Many of the works were put on auction on the global market um, and were bought by other major museums uh, across Europe, including in France as well as Germany. Many of the works in subsequent times have come to the US, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art, has a group of these works. But the issue is that these were clearly works that were uh, obtained by European powers in, in atrocious circumstances and are now held in British museum, um, uh, European museums, American museums. There's nothing left um, in Benin. Um, the Edo people who still survive um, are without any of the cultural artifacts. Um, that are testament to their culture. Now, culture, were these religious artifacts originally, or Many were of they... them were religious, uh, were used in ceremonies, um, but also to commemorate the hierarchy of the courts in the case of a figure such as this one. Are they still practicing those religions? 
Yes, they are practicing that, those religions. So these would have value as religious objects today? Exactly, exactly. And, it, you know, I've read, you know, the attitudes towards objects in Africa are very different from the attitudes towards objects that we hold, that these are masterpieces that need to be in cases. These are things that were to be lived with. And I know that there are museums in Africa that make a regular practice of lending their objects to cultures so that they can continue the ritual practices that these artifacts enshrine. Well, so you're a curator. You love objects. You want to take care of them. You want to preserve them forever. Does that worry you that it, it goes back and it gets lent out and gets passed around and could uh, get lost I, to uh, history? I think there are ways to, uh, you know, designate certain masterpieces and to create, uh, you know, if these were to be repatriated, to create a group or a collection that is used for ritual purposes. So explain the problem to me of the Benin culture, Benin culture versus Nigeria, the country, and how we sort out where this should reside. Well, that's one of the arguments against restitution, because who are you restituting against? You have the Nigerian government yeah. uh, making claims and wanting them back. But, you know, again, this is part of a nationalist agenda and part of the Nigerians, which is a completely, you know, false concept, you know, in terms of uh, the history of the Edo people. Um, but because there is a continuity of the Edo people and there still is an Oba today and there are representatives of the Edo people, here becomes a more clear-cut case of being able to restitute um, two heirs of the uh, original owners of the work. Well, in contrast to the restoration or restitution of the art stolen during the Nazi era, uh, which I think is kind of drifting a bit, uh, this is gathering steam. Yes. And you have, you have a politician like Macron in, uh, in France. I read some of what he said, but he also said, I cannot accept that a large part of cultural heritage from several African countries is in France. And, and he said... Uh, I'm from a generation of French people for whom the crimes of European colonialism are undeniable and make up part of our history. Right. So this is not just about art. This is about atonement. Right. And in two and a half minutes, Macron um, completely reversed the, the French stance on this issue that had been in you know, decades uh, in operation. Um, and uh, he immediately commissioned a report from a French art historian and a Senegalese uh, historian um, that, again, I think 250-page report, again, recommending that all of the colonial objects held in France be restituted to their source countries. Um, so, yes, this is very much uh, building steam. Well, and unlike the the other issues, this one also is part of popular culture. As I understand it, there was a big blockbuster called The Black Panther, which I didn't I haven't seen I'm that. I'm afraid I haven't either, but, but now, I know the scene you're talking and the, about. <laughs> and the villain, the supervillain, Eric Killmonger, uh, goes into an exhibition, and he's looking for an axe. And he f finds the curator, and the curator, of course, is the villain. I hate to say that, but <laughs> the curator is the villain. And uh, he says, uh, she says to him, it was taken by British soldiers in Benin, but it's from Wakanda. Don't and then he says, don't trip, I'm going to take my hands off you. And she says, it's not yours. He says, well, how do you think you got it? And he said, do you think they paid a fair price when they, when they took it from the country, or did they take it like they took everything else? Right. And that's in a blockbuster movie. Right. It's a front and center issue. Colonialism, empires, righting wrongs. Part of the responsibility of curators and really where this is going right now in the U.S. is just making clear to audiences the complicated histories of ownership of objects like this. 
Um, so no longer do you have a label that just calls this what it is, but it has an extended label that spells out exactly how this was acquired and why it's where it is today. So how would you resolve this? How would I resolve this? If you were... I'm sympath sympathetic to seeing um, a, a, at least a portion of these works go back to Benin, but it's terribly complicated. Again, the ownership, um, whether or not there is a w worthy museum um, in which these can be displayed. Um, there is a Benin working group that uh, is a group of leaders, both from Benin, Nigeria, as well as European um, museum professionals who are trying to work towards a solution. And the proposal is that within three years, Benin City will um, have a beautiful functioning museum uh, in which these could be displayed. Um, you, know, you know, part of me wonders whether or not there needs to be some sort of kind of international body in which these objects are put in trust um, so that um, these works can be shown both in Benin, but you know, at the same time, we don't, again, want all eggs in one basket. Um, you know, I think that the uh, value of, again, the universal, the encyclopedic museum needs to be thought through because we don't want those museums to be completely denuded of African art um, because that would be an injustice to Africa because, uh, you know, Westerners um, would not have the opportunity to have that kind of very seminal contact with African art and culture, which it's, I think uh, only expands perspectives and exactly the place of museums in the 21st century. Well, they, uh, it, it, it seems to me an international consortium is a good idea, particularly if you could get all the major encyclopedic museums involved. Right. Because I can see benefits. If you, is it Beninese you'd be called if you're from Benin? Um, I don't think you want all your art in Benin. I think you would like the world to see it, and they're more likely to see it in London or New York, perhaps, than they, or, right. or in Tokyo or in uh, Beijing or wherever than they might be in, in, in your own country. And so if you had right. some ability to oversee this and have, you know, you're involved in putting together expeditions, maybe have it move, having a traveling show from, from place to place. Right. And, and the pushback you get from Benin, from the source countries, um, is the, the nuance between restitution and repatriation. And pa repatriation being the idea of showing, perhaps on extended loan, a work of art in the source country, whereas restitution is real transfer of ownership. And, you know, as you ah. can imagine, you know, the source country uh, uh, now wants to have that privilege of ownership now and now power. We're, now we're talking about my favorite topic, uh, uh, one of my favorites. Art, my, my wife, Sarah, was, was art director at Art and Auction and Art and Antiques, and she was very involved in collectors and museums and dealers and that sort of thing, not, not, not firsthand, but in terms of covering it as a journalist. Yeah. And she coined the term, where there's art, there's crime. And that there's a lot of money involved here. And if you look at what's happened with these objects from Africa, they were stolen. And that was arguably, over the course of time, wrong. But they, bring, they come into a London museum where they gradually get more and more and more valuable. And I'm not and I, part of that value, as you, as you know, as a curator, if you're an artist, you have something that goes into a museum, it becomes more valuable. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it was there gives it a value. You take it back to some of these countries where arguably governance is not that great. Right. It's easy to see circumstances where somebody wants to monetize these as opposed to preserve them. Or uh, am I just being, uh, tell me I'm wrong. 
First, I, you know, it'd be interesting. I don't, I, I don't have any market numbers for these and, and when ones have more recently come on the market, but there's probably quite a taboo collecting that has eroded the market value of these works oh, uh, okay. right now. Sure. So I, I, I'm not certain, you know, just because they're in museums that the, the market is, you know, So because high. of the provenance of these, because of their, their, right. their role I mean, no in, museum in, would, in the culture and the religion, Collectors don't want to touch them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and also, again, if they're if they're restituted to the court at Benin, and all of a sudden, you know, they want some uh, easy money, and they try to sell them on the art market, would there be a market? Would the British Museum then try to repurchase things that no, they had? I don't see it. So I'd, I yeah. I don't know okay, if there so is necessarily going to be those kind of market forces in play. So the right way to preserve their existence is to get it into museums and there are some museums that have opened one in pretoria another one in benin um yeah senegal has one that's opened um but but again you know if i had my dream um to think about the kind of project that i would you know love to lead down the road it's not only about bringing benin bronzes back to benin it's also about bringing italian renaissance altarpieces it's about bringing world cultures to places that don't have any perspective on the world, whether it's China, on us. Um, the Louvre um, is, is to be admired in this, this respect. They recently opened in the UAE, um, sort of a satellite institution. Um, it's more the UAE buying the rights to parts of the collection. UAE? Um, Abu Dhabi, United okay, Arab, okay. Arab yeah. Emirates. Yeah. Um, the UAE um, hired a star architect um, to design a lavish building and has purchased the rights to be able to display parts of the Louvre's collection in uh, an Arab country. And the Louvre, um, in perfectly great faith, has put on display uh, magnificent loans that create a, a small encyclopedic museum um, in uh, an Arab country. Um, but that's the kind of initiatives that we need to be see playing out that's across a, the world. See, that's exciting because we're changing the subject then. Uh, what, what, this has devolved a bit into what's going on here in the United States with reparations for slavery and that people are saying, well, this is part of the reparations rep and there's words like racist used and, and um, power imbalances and that sort of thing. It's all the sort of toxic uh, uh, dialogue that we seem to be having here in the United States. If you had a solution that would involve thinking about curating the world's art in order to bring people together to understand other cultures. That's a very powerful right. way to deflect uh, the negativity. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's still issues of ownership of these objects that would have to be sorted out and, you know, if, if they are put in trust with some sort of international body. Um, but, you know, that's where I see progress being made, where museums can really make a difference uh, across the world. Do you think there's a, uh, you think you can get ahead of steam? I, I mentioned at the outset that I think you're destined to be <laughs> head of one of the world's great art museums. Maybe we should. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, you think of a museum like the Met with that kind of resources to open a satellite location um, somewhere very remote. You know, it seems like it would be in the cards and the kind of branding opportunities and what it could do for the Met. Um, for these uh, large encyclopedic museums. And maybe that's where France ultimately uh, will move with its initiative that Macron has, has launched. Well, I think uh, it will take money to do it. Absolutely. And the Metropolitan Museum does have the money to do it. Um, France does not. Right. Um, so 
So I think we're more likely to find the answer. Right. But I could see a nonprofit, nonprofit uh, coming along and uh, being able to raise the kind of money necessary. Well, I think we've we've uh, we've set us we've set a task for ourselves. <laughs> a couple billion missed. dollars, and we'll be uh, you got we'll to think, think big. But it's a big idea, and I hope you I hope you I hope you push it because if we could think in terms of these encyclopedic museums, not just operating in their one building in whatever city they're in, but operating satellites throughout the world, right. that's, that's pretty um, that's pretty dynamic. Right, sharing and partnerships. It's great. Well, CD, thank you. This has been very interesting, and you've been watching The Bill Walton Show in overtime with C.D. Dickerson. We're talking about the world's art and where it should reside and how we preserve cultures and, and beauty uh, through time. So thank you. Thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe at thebillwaltonshow.com or on iTunes. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites. Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to amazon.com slash apply. That's amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.